She said, I want to go on one of those trips with you, but I want to walk onto that plane wearing my boots and a mini skirt, carrying my pack, pick it up, toss it in the overhead luggage area because nobody needs to help me because I'm that strong, sit down and get ready to go do this trip. That, my friend, is brilliant, right? That's exactly what she did. For her, that was a North Star. And it changed her thinking about, I need to lose more weight and look better for a wedding, which is really how do other people perceive me instead of, What am I doing to perceive myself? Welcome to the Second Act Fit Pros podcast, the show where I highlight the vibrant and active lives of health and fitness professionals in their second act. I'm your host, Erin, a functional aging specialist, and I'm here to introduce you to a diverse range of professionals dedicated to empowering individuals to live well, thrive, and embrace their second act through movement and improved health. Join me as we explore the endless possibilities and opportunities in the health and fitness field. My guest this week is Kelly Howard. She's a fitness consistency expert with a touch of adventure and author of Fit, Active and Ageless for Life. For 25 years, Kelly has helped thousands of women prioritize their fitness so they can feel great and have more fun in the second half of life. She invites women to adventure outside of their comfort zones by trying new experiences they may have only dreamt about previously. Her Fit is Freedom podcast, coaching, online courses, and retreats have changed the lives of thousands of women. She's also the creator of Fox TV Outdoor Houston Adventure series. Kelly can be found kayaking rivers and traveling the trails worldwide. In our conversation, we talk about the understated importance of consistency and what makes it so hard. The power of groups for camaraderie and accountability and how she's helping people find their fitness North Star. Listeners of this podcast can get a free ebook copy of Kelly's book, Fit, Active and Ageless for Life. There's a link to download the book in the podcast show description. Here's my conversation with Kelly Howard. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all your listeners. I'm so excited to have you here. I love the name of your company, Fit is Freedom. I couldn't agree more with that. And you are doing a lot of things in the space. You are an author, you're a speaker, you're a podcaster, but you call yourself a fitness consistency expert with a touch of adventure. So how are you helping people with fitness consistency? So sure. Do you want me to address the touch of adventure piece first? Because that is sure. actually a big piece of that. What I found, like it, my background is I've had a, a number of companies that were membership-based. And the last company I had was an outdoor activity club. And what I found, and, and this is, I had that for probably, bought it, bought it maybe 20 years ago. So along the way, what I noticed was that mostly it was my women. They would show up. And they would want to do stuff, but they always were afraid that they'd hold people back. Like this is like, if there's one word that I've ever heard, it's like, I don't want to hold anybody back. And so it made me go, wait a second, but you're here. Why are you here? And they're like, oh, like I would love to get like, not just really active, but to go out and and do things outdoors to, you know, have adventures. Right. So that's where the whole, this whole idea started coming from is it just like would percolate in my head. And I went, you know what? It's just a matter of learning how to do it and then allowing people 
to go do these adventures that they never thought was possible. And and I'm not talking about major, like, you know, we're not called climbing Kilimanjaro, although <laughs> we did a hike in Costa Rica last year that I was like, whoa, <laughs> this was tough. <laughs> wow. So, you know, it's it's that idea of consistency. When you're consistent, it allows you to have bigger dreams. And those bigger dreams come with those adventures that, you know, I talk about. So if you dial it back from there, as far as consistency goes, it's the one thing. It's like somebody said to me just recently that was interviewing me. She was like, you know, I doubt you're ever going to see Vogue magazine with the front cover going, wow, how to get consistent with your fitness. <laughs> she said, it's not very sexy. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. It's not sexy. But it is the number one thing because it's what's going to lead to people being able to do everything they want to do. Well, that's where it comes from. And, you know, there's a lot of ways of going at it. And we can dive as deep in that as you'd like. But that's like where the like the big picture of where it all came from and why I just focus on consistency. Yeah. And how are you helping people stay consistent? So there are a lot of ways. <laughs> so so what happens is that life gets in the way for all of us, right? Like we're all so busy. And it doesn't matter. I mean, if somebody is still working and she's in her 50s and she's running a company, she is no different than somebody who is 65 who retired because they both say the same thing. Next week, when it gets less busy, that's when I'm going to get started, right? And so part of it is teaching people that, that next week is not a solution. Like, it's just not a solution because we've been next week, next weeking ourselves for the entire, our lives, right? You know, when it gets better, then I'll take time. And this is how I ended up in this thing. I did the same thing. Like, you know, I'm, I teach what I know or what I've learned, not what I <laughs> came into this earth knowing. And so one piece is like, you've got to learn that small steps work. We're taught a lot that, you know, it's that go big or go home kind of mentality that happens. It's lose 30 pounds in 30 days. I don't know. Like no pain, no gain. Like all of these things. And I'm like, that is baloney, guys. Baloney. What if we looked at like one day, like one day isn't going to make the difference. But if you put a hundred one days together, we see big changes. So it's just getting that mindset that consistency is ongoing certain things that we do and not having to be perfect at it. So that's the next piece that I like to talk about with consistency is that a lot of times it's why next week happens. You know, the idea of next week happens is that we think, well, this week, if I start this week, it's not going to be good enough, right? Like I'm only going to be able to get it a couple of days in, you know, why bother? Perfection is, is it's a, mm, it's a fairy tale. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a fairy tale. So when I work with them and I ask them to put together a plan, which is another piece of consistency, like put together a plan and I help, like, you know, here's the plan, what it looks like this week. Pretty simple. Like we always start with what I call my minimum daily movement or MDM. And that is like, if nothing else, that's the one thing you're going to do today, right? If nothing else. And usually it's like this like, little four minute workout that we do that always leads to more, right? always leads to more because the body in motion stays in motion. So, you know, we start with that minimum daily and then we have a, you know, a little bit of cardio, a little bit of resistance, not every day, some mobility and all of that good stuff. 
Then you take it and go, okay, here's your plan for the week. And try and hit at least 80% of it. Instead of trying to hit 100%, try and hit 80% of it. It takes the, all the pressure off and it allows us to you know, move things around. It allows us to go, you know what? Yesterday, yesterday I said, you know what? I'm not working out today. I am taking my dogs to the dog park. We're getting ready to have bad weather. They deserve it. I can just move my, you know, my workout I was going to do yesterday into the weekend. Not going to be a big deal because it's going to be raining anyway. So, so knowing that you can move it around, you don't have to be 100% perfect. If you can hit 90%, you're like, awesome. And if you hit 100% and you hit 100% again and again and again, you probably aren't trying hard enough. So, you know, it's those little teeny things. And I mean, and then lots and lots of tools that we can go into whenever you want to. But there's all these different things. But consistency in the end starts with mindset. I believe that fitness starts in our heads. People all the time, starts in your head, not on your feet. So when you, you learn to conquer the brain, better, word, better way of saying that is get the brain on track with you, right? Make your brain your friend instead of, you know, the one that is like, I don't want to work out today. I want to eat all the ice cream. I want to sit on the couch. Get me the remote, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get our brains to work with us. And so it starts, starts with mindset small steps, little actions, and then just following following a breadcrumb of tools and ideas and ways of bringing things, this together so that it makes it easier for people to consistently do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. So really your practice is around coaching people. If I understand correctly, it's that time coaching. Um, I, I don't call myself a coach, but there is coaching that is involved. I do a lot of groups. I have found that, like I do, I do one-on-one calls, absolutely. But it's more powerful when I do a group because everyone can see that they aren't the only ones. We had a group call a couple of nights ago and, and it was just like, it's so fun to watch. I've got 20 ladies on the screen and I've got them all up in a gallery so I can watch them. And somebody says something and they're like, oh, yeah, true. I feel better already. And then these same people are also in accountability groups together. So they're like calling each other out and going, yep, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check on you in the accountability group. And that power of group is really so much more powerful than just having me talk with somebody. Like I do love putting together plans for people and then bringing them into a group and going, okay. Let's make this real. Yeah, that group aspect, I couldn't agree more. I I teach to groups because I think that group aspect is so important and the peer-to-peer connection is so important and I think can be even more powerful than the connection from the the coach, leader, whatever you want to call yourself, to the individual. It's having Mm -hmm. that peer support group, so much power to that. It's years ago, years ago, I hired a coach and um she was she was a relatively pricey coach. And I and at the time I thought, well, I don't know about this because it's going to be, I'm going to be in a group. And I feel like I'm just, you know, I'm not going to get a lot of Kelly attention. I ended up getting more out of that coach and her group and going on to take other and other and other groups from her because she is the one who taught me the power of putting a group of people together, peers that, you know, we just we love connection. We need connection. 
Yeah. Have you done any training to help you with the mindset or facilitating these groups to get those discussions going and, and talk about things that people are staying on their path? I'm wondering about your training. My training, NLP, self-hypnosis. And then that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is that I did work with, I'll call him a spiritual guide. That's probably the best, the best word for it, who used actually tactics like that, but also more of like connecting to people heart to heart. And, and I'm probably pretty intuitive when it comes to just connecting with people anyway, because I love people. So th those are my big background pieces. I do have a lot of training in outdoor activities, but not in personal training. I am doing some personal training courses right now, not to become a personal trainer, but because I want to understand more and more about what's going on in our bodies, especially joints, because that's one of the big things that, that I hear a lot about is that pain. And I am no, <laughs> I am no stranger. I am, I am injured every piece of my body at some point in time. So, you know, I, I understand it, but I don't have the training in it from some of the other people who are very good out there. Yeah. And what was your intent to not do personal training? I guess it's twofold. One fold is that there are great personal trainers out there. Like I have a personal trainer on staff and he does it virtually. He is somebody who can just look at somebody and go, oh, this is, you know, the kind of program you can have, you should have. I can look at somebody and go in the big picture, like, okay, you need this much weight or resistance, this much cardio, you need to get rid of some of that cardio, you need to do this, this, and this. Like, that's my, that's my strong spot. But I don't really need to tell people to do, I don't know, donkey kicks and, and crunches when there are people out there that are way, way more trained at it than I am. Yeah. And the mental piece is so important. I came into personal training like right out of college and I had this idea that you're coming in and you're going to be designing an exercise program and you're going to be leading people through this exercise and you're going to change their lives and they're going to become fit and it's going to be amazing. But they're coming to you with all these beliefs, ideas, expectations, beliefs about themselves, beliefs about exercise. They're coming to you maybe from stress from home. I mean, there's so much going on in the mental piece of it that it, I feel like as trainers, like we are so focused on the body. And like you said, it starts in the head. And from your experience, you know, what do you think personal trainers and people teaching group X, is there anything that you think that we could be doing as fitness professionals that aren't doing that real one-on-one -on -one concentrate or group training with people to talk about what's going on mentally for them, to help them stay consistent. Is there anything that you think that fitness professionals could be doing a better job of when mm. we're in front of people? Okay. Uh, I will say like the one thing I see that happens a lot, and when I say fitness professionals, it's more the people who are at a gym, who are, you know, that person who initially starts somebody. There's, and this is a, this is my crowd, okay? The people that I work with are 50 plus generally, okay? So there's a discrepancy between how you and what you can do at 20 and how you feel and what you can do at 60. And so a lot of times people get started too quick and then they end up injured. And, and the injury part is such a mental game. 
Like it's, it's a bigger mental game. I think when you get older, because it takes people longer to heal. And it also is a thing that there's this top clock ticking. There's this clock ticking in your head, always going, you know, what? you're not getting any younger. <laughs> you don't have time to be injured. So it's, it's something that just knowing going in that, that that's going on in people's heads. And it, it doesn't have to be 50. I mean, I have a, a good friend who's also one of my clients. She's early 40s. Same thing's going on with her. She's like, I feel like, you know, the clock is ticking. So when you know that, then you know that it's okay to pull people back a little bit, start them a little bit slower, tell them that it's all right. Like, it, that's a big piece. Like, people do believe that if they aren't in there, like, you know, three sets, full, full press, right, that they're never going to get where they need to go. So that's a, I think that's one of those pieces. Another piece is that, which I guess is more of what I'm just saying right now, is meet them where they're at. Just when you can meet them where they're at and knowing, especially if you're dealing with somebody who's, okay, so I am 63. I happen to be a very, like kind of a unicorn because when I was 18 and 19, I was at the gym lifting weights. I was the only girl there. Like there wasn't a girl side. I mean, the girl side was, I don't know, it was like weird. Like everything was pink and, it, you know, there weren't any barbells. So that makes me different. But I know that most of the people that are roughly my age did not grow up in that gym environment. So it's super, super scary. Like it is so intimidating. One of my clients, like she's solid. She is solid as all get out. She's a, she's a dragon boating champion. She, she's all these different things. She's terrified of the gym because she doesn't know what to do. And, and so, you know, it just knowing that that's going on in people's heads, that that's probably a good place to go. I, I think gyms can be very intimidating, the atmosphere. And yeah, like you, I mean, I started as a teenager, but still, I don't feel comfortable going into gyms. The environment, it feels intimidating and uncomfortable. You feel like everybody's watching you. Right. Um, it's just an uncomfortable right. space. You're so encouraging and you're always very uplifting and optimistic about what are we moving towards? Like, what are we going after? You call it your North Star. And one of the things I hear in fitness a lot, and I see a lot of fitness professionals doing this, is it feels like using fear to motivate people. Like, if you do not exercise, death and decline will happen. <laughs> you will become frail and then you're going to die because you fell. And I know it's the best intentions, but that messaging is like, I, I, it makes it's me terrified. It's terrifying. And I, and I've heard people say, this is motivating. I'm telling them about all the things that can go wrong if they don't exercise. And I question that. I've always questioned that. Like, is it really motivating? And I'm curious from your experience and your background and training, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I mean, in general, let's just say like, you know, super in general people. People are either moving toward pain or, I mean, moving away from pain, I'm sorry, or toward positivity at any general time, right? That's kind of our, our makeup. A lot, of, a lot of advertising, teaching, just the whole, whole general feel of education 
is that you have to tell people what's wrong so that it will encourage them and, you know, get them on the straight and narrow, right? I, I would much rather, and, and I am a little bit of a Pollyanna, but I would much rather encourage people to move toward what it is they want. Maybe point out some of the pitfalls along the way, without a doubt, right? But if you're moving toward what you want, it's just so much easier. And we're like, we're not, we're not uninformed people, right? I mean, we are not uninformed people. So dangling that fear has a way of stopping people. Fear shuts people down. Okay. Just in general, right? Like fear stops you. I mean, I know this one. I'm, I, I paddle. I, I paddle whitewater rivers. I'm not good. <laughs> That's my problem. I'm not good. So when I get onto a bigger and bigger river, I can see it. Like I have to like NLP myself to death because I'm like, all the fear in me is shutting me down. It's taking away my abilities that I have. Same thing happens when we scare people with, like, if you, you know, you're going to fall. That's going to be it. People will say to me sometimes, I can't believe you take those women on those hiking trips. I'm like, why not? Right? I mean, people rise to the occasion. In my world, I do believe people rise to the occasion. I had the first time I took, the first time I did a, an adventure retreat, one of the ladies showed up and we had not ever met her in person. She shows up and she says, I just have to tell you that my kids are really, really mad at me. They're sure that I'm going to die or at least break something. And they're really telling me that I should turn around and go home. I said, yeah, okay, turn off your phone. <laughs> and she's like, ooh, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> She was fine. She was perfectly fine. She had so much fun. So I think there's just a different way of looking at things. And, yeah. and I was reading one of your articles and it was about, you know, this telling people that, you know, if they fall, that basically, you know, life is, life is over, right? Well, no, not really. I mean, um, and, and if they fall, you know, I tell people all the time, you know what, if you fall, yeah, I might break something. I broke my arm last year falling like I was riding a motor scooter and boom, you know, going 30 and I hit something and that was that. It's not a big deal. You just get up, you, you heal, you keep on going, you work on your balance if that's what the thing is that's worrying you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the term of fall resiliency as a term that I've been adopting. It just is so much more empowering than fall prevention. And I think we want to bubble wrap people like you were talking yeah. about the woman oh, with yeah. her. Her kids, it's like bubble wrap them to keep them, quote unquote, safe. And when we can show people another way of being in the world, and I think it's it, it just speaks volumes when there's somebody like yourself, a trainer, a friend that has a bigger vision for people. Like you can do this. You can do this hike. You can do this exercise. You can do all of these things. Like you said, I love that you're seeing people rise to the occasion. And I think we need to believe in people that they're capable of more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. There's this, there is a dividing line, I think, that happens somewhere in people's heads where, like, I'll take a group out. Let's say I take a group, a large group out on something, and it's all ages. If somebody younger trips, they drop their phone and they're not happy because they dropped their phone. Somebody, you know, say 55 trips, they're like, oh, oh no, like, you know, I need to be more careful. And 
and it's you can't you're right you can't bubble wrap because if you do you're just taking away fun and life and excitement and freedom yes i love you have this term called the fitness north star how do you define the fitness north star so i think that it goes back to what you're asking about you know fear and moving away from fear or going toward positivity have ideas of what fitness means right like and generally like just in general in our society fitness means you know looking a certain way and that may not be as positive as the idea of doing a certain something like what is that thing that would that you could do that would make you feel like amazing that's your fitness north star and it could be anything it could be playing with the kids in the pool taking the grandkids you know on a kayaking vacation it could be like for me it's just like simply being able to always do the things that i love to do right like i mean to me that's like duh and if I can't do the things I love to do, then that's not going to be much fun. So my fitness North Star is always keeping my body healthy so that I can continue to do the things I love to do. I have one of my clients who, when we first started working together, she would be what people term skinny fat. She had, she was very trim. She looked great, you know, in her, in her certain outfits, but she had no muscle mass left. She had osteoporosis, like she had all the things going on. And so, so we're talking and she's telling me how she wants to look good for this wedding. And, you know, she needs that she bought this dress and so on and so forth. I was like, so if, what if, what if all those things happened and that was great, but what would happen if like, what would be the one thing that you could do that when you did it, you'd be like, huh, I am a goddess. Like, what's that thing? And she was just like, oh. I know what it would be. She's, she'd been watching all of us go on these trips for a couple of years. She said, I want to go on one of those trips with you, but I want to walk onto that plane, wearing my boots in a, in a mini skirt, carrying my pack, pick it up, toss it in the overhead ba- basket or overhead luggage area because nobody needs to help me because I'm that strong. Sit down and get ready to go do this trip. I went, that, my friend, is brilliant, right? And that's exactly what she did. That's exactly what she did. So like for her, that was a super, like that was a North Star. And it changed her thinking about, I only need to look, I need to lose more weight and look better for a wedding, which is really, you know, how do other people perceive me instead of what am I doing to perceive myself? Yeah, most definitely. That's such a vision. That's a very clear vision she had. It was so good. That's amazing. I was reading parts of your book, which I want to talk a little bit about. And you talked about your mom, how she oh, took yeah. on Taekwondo later in life. But I wonder if your mom was a bit of a fitness North Star for you. Not that you followed in her footsteps exactly, but do you, was she, she was. So having a mom like that, like I, it, it's, it's sad for me to have her gone because every year I've learned more and more how much I learned from her without like she never she wasn't that that you know (laughs) i don't know i don't know if i ever put this in the book but we went when she first started taking taekwondo she said why don't you go with me 
right? She'd been going for a little while. It's like, sure, why not? Taekwondo, whatever. And we, we get together, we're facing each other. And the guy says, you know, okay, when if you throw the other one? And I'm like, I'm going to throw my mother down on the mat. What does my mother do? And my mother's a little bitty thing. She just walks in, grabs me, boom, hits the mat. I'm like, huh, okay. I don't need to do Taekwondo anymore. And I don't need to do anything my mom's doing. But at the same time, like, what a role model, right? Like, what a role model. And still teaching yoga when, you know, when she actually had a stroke, she was probably 85. She's still teaching yoga at that point. I mean, she could still sit there and put her feet behind her head. And I'd be like, oh, stop this. But in the same time, I'm just like, wow, I want to be like my mom. Absolutely. Amazing. Oh, what a role model. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I loved about your book. It's called Fit, Active, and Ageless for Life. And you share some great tips on to help people start on their fitness journey and that consistency practice. But you have stories of people that you've met along the way and you've been able to accompany so many people on their fitness journey. Are there any stories that really stick out to you? Well, I, I will say one of my favorite stories is, and this has to do with accountability because we do a lot of accountability in my group. That's, that's part of, you know, one of the things we do is group accountability. So I had a client who used to be a coach. Like, I think she was women's basketball coach and soccer. So she had been very active at one point in life, but she, you know, everything got busy. And so here she is, she's probably at the time 50 and she's just not, I mean, she joined the group, but she was just kind of like dabbling dabbling. And I could tell, and I couldn't figure out how to get her off center. So I just, you know, I just kept doing my thing, waiting for her to click in. And one day she's in her, she's in the accountability group and she had said that she was going to go to the gym. She said she got to the gym and she's sitting outside the gym. She's, she's West Texas. So she's sitting in a truck. She's got her boots up on the, on the dashboard and she's going through her phone, scrolling through her phone because she's not going to that gym. And so she thinks, Okay, well, I'm just going to let the group know that I'm not going to the gym today. Maybe tomorrow. She texts, I'm, you know, I'm out of here. I'm not going to go in. And it just so happened a bunch of us were, our phones were sitting there. And my, my reply was, you get your butt in that gym right this minute, right? Everybody else is like, don't you dare. And she says, like to this day, that was probably two years ago. She's like, you know what? It changed my life. All of a sudden, I realized that it wasn't just me. I was not only having this accountability group, but you, like I was always telling her, because her big thing was being able to do things with her grandkids when they got a little bit bigger. She's like, if I didn't get into that gym, I wasn't going to be able to be here to play with those grandkids. And she said, all of a sudden, it just sunk in. And that was that. So it's, it's interesting, like little things, very little things often make huge, huge differences. Mm -hmm. yeah the little things are the big things yeah oh that's such a great story and i love that you're helping people find that north star and keeping them grounded to what they're doing this for and that vitality and what they want out of life because that's what helps keep people on track and the connection piece yeah yeah i've always said if it's fun and or if people feel like they're connected to other people that's what helps them be consistent that's um, true yeah and it's not so much of a drag and something that they need to be disciplined to do. It's like they just get to do this because they get to be with their friends and it's fun. And any way that we can make that 
fun and or make people feel connected. It'll be a win. Kelly, this has been so much fun. I really love what you are doing. I I think it's uh, it's unique. I love that you're bringing in the outdoors and that you're so optimistic and encouraging with people and helping them expand their minds of what they could be capable of stage in life. Love what you're doing. Where can people find you? So easiest place is just my website, which is fitisfreedom.com. Fitisfreedom.com will get you to, you know, all the socials and all the emails and everything else we do, the podcast and everything. So yeah, that's, that's the best place to go. Okay. And your podcast is called Fit is Freedom. It is. Okay. It is. Great. Yes. I've been following that. I'm on your email list just because I love what you're doing. So thank you so much for your time, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to everyone listening. If you're interested in exploring a second act career in health and fitness, sign up for the Second Act Fit Pros newsletter. I provide information on online events I host and opportunities to connect with current health and fitness professionals, as well as those who are aspiring to work in the field. A link to sign up for the newsletter can be found in the show description.